welcome back to the Health Essentials Podcast. I'm John Horton, your host. If your view of the world has seemed a bit more angelic of late, well, today's show is for you. We're going to be chatting about halo vision, a spot-on term for when you see bright rings around lights that you're looking at. We're going to talk about what causes the condition, when it should be treated, and some simple steps that you can take to maybe help prevent it. Joining us is ophthalmologist Nicole Bayich, one of the many trusted experts at Cleveland Clinic who visit the podcast to help us better understand our health. So now let's put a spotlight on Halo Vision and find out what's going on. Dr. Bayich, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Now, one of the things, we always like to get to know our docs a little bit uh, when they come on here. And uh, when I was watching your, your bio video, I saw that you mentioned that you were kind of destined to be an eye doctor. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so it's, I guess it started in the womb, huh? Uh, my, my mother was a scrub nurse and she scrubbed for a lot of ophthalmology cases. And uh, she did so while she was pregnant with me. When she delivered, all the ophthalmology re residents came and brought me a little teddy bear. And one of the residents that brought me that first teddy bear is the one who gave me my first job. So it really came around full circle. That is very small world. And uh, just, I, I love stories like that. <laughs> so, so obviously, then you are the person we need to talk to here because you have uh, literally a, a lifetime plus of experience uh, with eyes, it sounds like. So, um, <laughs> um, so let's get right into it when, uh, with halo vision. So uh, what happens uh, to kind of create those glowing circles that appear around headlights and streetlights and any other illuminated object that you see? Some degree of those halos are, are totally normal. We all experience that, you know, at nighttime, you know, when we're seeing those street lights, you know, that uh, halo of light around, uh, you know, the central source of light. And a lot of the reason for that is because of the shape of our cornea. So uh, just a quick primer, the cornea is like the windshield of the eye. It's the clear window uh, and it's um, a little softer of a cone shape. And it's, um, steeper centrally and flatter in the periphery and uh, we call it a prolate shape and so that's part of the reason why we see you know that natural um, halo effect around lights however you know in some patients it can be exaggerated or a little bit off kilter uh, into like a, a coma shaped or other you know types of shapes uh, and that can be potentially due to pathology so a lot of this, it sounds like then it's, it has to do with uh, diffraction and angles and all that math stuff that, um, that we learned in school and with how light is kind of entering your eye. Yeah. So uh, again, it depends on how light is entering the eye and how it gets reflected. And so we call uh, the funny ways that, you know, light can be dispersed uh, aberrations uh, and it's just a fancy name for the failure of light rays to all converge at the same point. Uh, and it depends on the shape and curvature of the eye. And sometimes, you know, uh, with different pathologies, like with cataracts or things that are wrong with the cornea, uh, that can make those light rays, you know, enter and, and change in a more dramatic fashion, which can, you know, obviously affect the quality of the image that we see. 
Why is there a reason why it happens more at, at, at night? I, I think you know, especially with the the contrasts that you're seeing, you know, it's it's a darker background, and then you have a brighter light, and so things can be you know a lot more obvious. Uh, there's also a phenomenon called night myopia, where the eye naturally dilates more, and so you have more peripheral light rays entering, uh, and it hits the a further periphery of the lens inside the eye, which can cause a, a significant change uh, for people to be a little bit more nearsighted. So it can make some of that a little bit more dramatic. Um, you said that halos are something that just uh, pretty much anybody can experience, but I take it there, there's some times when you, you, when you see halos where there, there's a cause and something going on in your eye. Uh, what are some of the things that you should look for there? Of course, some degree of halos is natural. Some degree can be due to corrective lenses like glasses. Uh, but yes, uh, some are due to pathology. So uh, one of the most common is after having a LASIK or maybe PRK, uh, so laser eye surgery to help correct you know, a natural prescription in the eye. Uh, part of that is due to you know, the light rays hitting where the edge of the treated surface of the cornea has been. And so that can cause, you know, some of those aberrations for patients. In addition, you can get it from cataracts. So that's that uh, natural clouding of the lens inside the eye that can happen uh, with the aging process. Uh, again, you can have it with, you know, significant amounts of astigmatism. Astigmatism is just a fancy word for your eyes not shaped perfectly perfectly round. And so it might be a little bit oblong. And that can, of course, affect how, you know, light rays are, are entering and transmitting through the eye. Uh, you can also get it from something called angle closure glaucoma. So that's where uh, the drainage pathway in the eye gets closed off. Pressure builds very high inside the eye and you can get clouding of the cornea and that can be responsible for some of the halos that people see. Typically that's going to be accompanied by headache, nausea, vomiting, eye pain. Uh, but, you know, again, if, if something's happening acutely, you know, make sure you come in to, to see an eye doctor for that. Pain would definitely be a signal to come in, I'm guessing, <laughs> if you have pain in your eye. Absolutely. But you'd be surprised, you know, some people can be, uh, you know, a wait and see if it goes away type of uh, type of person. And that can be really dangerous when it comes to your eyes. So that's why I stress it. Um, in addition, uh, people can also get halos with something called keratoconus, where uh, the cornea becomes much more cone shaped, and that can cause a lot of irregular astigmatism. And so that affects uh, how light rays uh, enter the eye uh, much more dramatically, causing a much more um, obvious halo effect. Uh, Fuchs dystrophy. So that's a corneal condition where uh, you, you have uh, little dimples on the inner surface of the cornea, and that can affect you know, how, um, how light's coming through. It can also cause corneal edema, which is just swelling in the cornea, which again would affect how, how light is able to get transmitted through. And then finally, multifocal lenses. So uh, we've got a lot of fancy technology these days, which is great. However, it does not replace mother nature. And so these multifocal lenses, which help us see at multiple focal lengths, um, that can cause some splitting of light coming into the eye. And that's what affects, um, that's what causes those aberrations that can make us see the, the halo effects. 
Um, what about uh, dry eye too? I know that's something a lot of people struggle with. Is that something that could lend a little bit of, of a halo effect uh, when you're looking at things? Absolutely. That's a great point. So dry eye is very common. It's a spectrum, of course. So, you know, the majority of patients with dry eye, you know, they may not experience the halos, but, you know, um, it can certainly affect things, especially when, you know, someone has a much more significant dry eye, just because the surface of the eye is not well lubricated. That's um, the air tear film interface is the most important uh, optically for how those lights are or light rays are transmitted into the eyes. So uh, any deviation from normal can certainly, you know, cause a halo effect. Yeah, it's amazing. Every time we talk, I'm always just taken with just how much is going on in your eye. And I, I don't think we we think about what a just an incredible, I guess, device your eyes are, but there's just a lot happening. Oh, yes. Uh I, I didn't realize I'd be using so much physics in my line of work, but it's uh, it's a fascinating thing. You, we went over a bunch of the possibilities uh, that you could things you could have if you if you do see halos. Um, when is the point where you absolutely need to go in and see your eye doctor and say, "Hey, I, I'm seeing these things. Um, what's going on?" Sure. So, you know, in general, everyone over age forty. Uh, should be getting an annual eye exam. That's the formal recommendation from the Academy of Ophthalmology, the American Academy of Ophthalmology. And uh, so we should already be looped in with, you know, an ophthalmologist or optometrist, making sure that we're we're getting checked out. However, you know, I know that time can get away from many of us. Uh, and so especially if you're seeing something new and it's, um, it's, it's noticeable uh, and bothersome, make sure you get that checked out. Uh, because, you know, if there is something going on, you really want to get that diagnosed uh, sooner rather than later, because uh, time can truly be vision. And it sounds like you said some of the key things you should look out for would be uh, pain, uh, blurred vision, um, anything else that's just a real kind of telltale sign that you need to get in immediately. Sure. So it, it's hard to say because so many different things can present differently. Uh, but, you know, obviously, out of what I mentioned, the angle closure glaucoma is the most concerning one. And that can present with headaches, nausea, vomiting, eye pain, uh, like we discussed in the blurred vision. So, uh, you know, a cluster of, of any of those symptoms, you know, make sure that you're you're coming in to get checked out, especially you know, if it's been some time since you've seen an eye doctor. Okay. And, and I'm assuming then that there are a lot of treatment options available if you do come in and you have a condition that's causing the halo effect. So yes and no, you know, we've come a long way and, you know, there are a lot of like fantastic treatments in order to uh, take care of, you know, the various things that can go wrong in our eye. However, uh, you know, as, as amazing as medicine is these days, you know, there are so many things that we, we just cannot um, catch up to, to mother nature. We can't replace mother nature, what they gave us. So uh, there are things that we can do to help improve the symptoms. For many people, this will resolve it. However, for there, there are some, you know, conditions where, you know, we can try and improve it. However, it might not completely resolve the symptoms. Okay. Well, Dr. Baich, we always like to leave our listeners with some some things that they can do to to kind of deal with some issues. So 
what can we do at home to kind of improve our eye health and uh, you know maybe avoid or hold off those halos popping up? Sure. So one of the most important things you can do, not just for your eye health, but for the health of the rest of your body, is if you're a smoker, stop. Smoking is terrible for our bodies, uh, and it can also speed up the rate of cataract formation. In addition, you know, it's really important that when we're outside, especially on bright sunny days, that you're wearing uh, sunglasses with 100% UV protection. Uh, this might also be labeled as UV 400. So again, 100% UV or UV 400, because uh, that's the most protective for our eyes. And I like to don't go through life squinting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of the you know uh, sunglasses that might be given out, you know, as like a little freebie, um, you know, it, those might not have that kind of protection. So I like to tell people, you know, if, if you're not sure, there should be some sort of labeling on the package or like a sticker or something written somewhere because uh, you know the companies will like to brag about it, right? If it's if it's got that feature, so. Uh, make sure you're looking out for it. Uh, in addition, things that we should all be doing are eating lots of dark leafy greens because those have vitamins that are known to be good for your eyes. Some patients might see, you know, eye vitamins over the counter. I get this question all the time. Should I be taking these eye vitamins? Uh, in terms of uh, the popular uh, eye vitamins on the market, those are typically uh, the perfect ratio of, of vitamins uh, made specifically for macular degeneration, but there hasn't been a clear benefit shown in the literature for people who do not have macular degeneration. So I would say, you know, if, unless you have a, a clear diagnosis of macular degeneration and your eye doctors recommended it, uh, you can just stick with dark leafy greens and those are helpful. And, and it's, it's really great to get your vitamins from your food to begin with, not to mention the fiber that you get from it too. Uh, with you know, more extensive research, we're starting to see now that the gut microbiome does have a link to eye health, which is so interesting. And one of the things that, you know, we can all do, uh, you know, there's um, some research out from one of our very own Dr. Phoebe Lynn, uh, suggesting that, you know, uh, fermentable fiber can be key to uh, decreasing risk of inflammatory conditions like uveitis in the eye. So, you know, fiber we should all be getting fiber. We're all not getting enough fiber. Uh, and it can have a lot more dramatic effects uh, in the body, like even our eye health, uh, that many of us don't even, uh, or, or we're just starting to come to realize, you know, what that link is. So those are my big recommendations there. I, that That is a fascinating tidbit you just threw in there. It's hard to believe that your gut is connected to your eyes, but I guess our whole body is kind of interconnected and just if, if you live healthy, good things happen. Yeah. You know, it seems very cliche being like diet and exercise are really important for, you know, your entire body. But uh, the more research we do, the more we're coming to find out just how true that is. So, you know, uh, as, as much as you can, you know, trying to, you know, be mindful of what you're, you're putting into your body, that's going to pay off in the future in ways you might not even realize. The, the key thing is make sure you, you schedule your appointment if you think you have anything going on with your eyes and um, make it a regular occurrence. 
Absolutely. You know, it should be a regular occurrence, just like you get your, your, your dental cleaning. You're actually supposed to get it twice a year, but at least go see your eye doctor once a year. Uh, and that way, uh, if something goes wrong with an emergency situation, potentially, you already have someone to call. It's so much easier to get in when you're already established with someone. So, uh, you know, for some people, I'll say what they like to do is make all of their annual appointments around their birthday month. And if that's what makes it easier, then, you know, I, I recommend doing that. Want anything to, to get you in and make sure you're getting seen. Great advice as always. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, look forward to having you back on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So if you're seeing glowing rings around lights, it's a good idea to schedule an appointment with your eye doctor to know why they're appearing. In other words, consider those halos a sign. Till next time, be well. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash H-E podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician.